0: what's going on everyone welcome back to the jt sports podcast i'm your host jt we're back and we're better now we had some technical difficulties with the previous live stream (laughs) it's storming outside so it's kind of messing up the connection a little bit but we should be good to go welcome back to another episode of the podcast on today's episode we're going to be discussing why the Seattle Seahawks and the Miami Dolphins are Dark Horse Super Bowl contenders going into this year, and why you guys shouldn't sleep on the New England Patriots this season. Before you begin, if you haven't already, make sure that you go ahead, leave a like, and subscribe to the channel. We go live Monday through Friday, every day, 5 p.m. Eastern Time. Listen to the JT Sports Podcast. We're not just available on YouTube. You can check us out on YouTube every single podcasting platform you can listen to the audio version of this available on apple spotify google amazon wherever you get your podcast from you can find the jt sports podcast please i don't want to make it seem like i'm begging but Please leave us with a five-star review on Apple and Spotify. We have a goal of trying to get to 100 five-star reviews on both of those platforms before the season begins. All you got to do is go to whichever podcasting service that you use. Type in the JT Sports Podcast and it will pop up. Or if you're a little bit lazy and you don't feel like doing all that typing, you can go down to the description of this video scroll down a little bit and you can find the links to the apple and spotify podcasting services it'll take you directly to it you can go ahead and give us a five star review there let's start off with talking about this the seattle seahawks i believe are dark horse world contenders when you think about some of the better teams in the nlc that have a shot at winning this conference the seattle seahawks are really low on the list And I was looking at the Vegas odds earlier today, and the Seattle Seahawks have the fifth best odds to make it out of this conference behind the Eagles, the 49ers, the Cowboys, and the Detroit Lions. Now, to keep it 100 with you guys, I think that the Seahawks are the third best team going into this season in the NFC they have one of the most complete rosters in the whole entire nfl they're loaded at wide receiver they have a really good offensive line with two phenomenal offensive tackles going into their second year you got right tackle abraham lucas and left tackle charles cross both of those guys had really good rookie seasons. Their interior of their offensive line should improve as well. They drafted a center out of Michigan who I really like a lot in Alua Lua Timmy. He was one of the best centers in all of college football. So I think he's going to have a really big impact on that Seahawks offensive line this year. And you look at their defense, I mean, they're absolutely loaded at every position. They have multiple guys who can get pressure on the quarterback. They're deep at linebacker. They have a phenomenal secondary. You drafted rookie cornerback Devon Witherspoon, who is my number one ranked cornerback. You're going to be pairing him up with Tyreek Woolen. You also have Kobe Bryant. Both of those guys are going into their second years. You got Quandre Diggs, and you're going to have Jamal Adams back when he gets healthy this is one of the most talented teams not just in the nfc but in the whole entire nfl and i'm a little bit puzzled that not too many people are talking about the seahawks more when it comes to the super bowl conversation geno smith performed at a mvp caliber level last year and when you compare the seahawks roster to the 49ers roster i think they're on the equal playing field and last week When I was discussing why the Seahawks can dethrone the 49ers for the NFC West, there were a lot of salty 49ers fans talking about some, man, JT, the Seahawks aren't as good as us. Man, you tripping. But really, y'all tripping. Go and look at this roster and look at what Seattle has coming into the season. Not only do they have tons of talent when it comes to their starters, but if they have one guy who goes down to injury, it's not going to impact them too much because they have elite depth. And what really has me excited about Seattle this year is going to be the talent that they have on offense. You drafted Jackson Smith Najigba out of Ohio State in the first round of this past year's draft. He's going to be playing in the slot alongside of DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. The Seahawks have one of the best wide receiving cores in the NFL. This is probably a top three, top five wide receiver room walking into this year. And speaking of walking, you got Kenneth Walker, a.k.a. K-9, who's looking to have a better season than what he had last year as a rookie. He ran for over a 1,000 yards last year, year one with Seattle. Yeah, they did draft. Zach charbonnet out of ucla he is going to get a little bit of work in this offense but i still expect kenneth walker to be the workhorse back in this offense he's the more explosive of the two bats he's the home run hitter he's super dynamic with the ball in his hands zach charbonnet is a better pass catcher you also do have kenny mcintosh out of georgia i expect him to have a little bit of a role when it comes to passing downs in this offense then as I mentioned earlier, this offensive line is going to be really good. You're going to have Geno Smith, who probably could be considered a sleeper pick to win NFL MVP. Geno Smith may not be the flashiest name, but this guy is good enough to get Seattle to the Super Bowl. And to keep it a bean with you, I trust Geno Smith More in the postseason than I do Dak Prescott and whoever the 49ers are going to have back there at QB, whether that be Trey Lance or Brock Purdy. Geno Smith proved to everybody last year that he's good enough to win you games as long as you give him the necessary pieces around him. And when you look at the talent that they have on the defense with multiple guys who can get pressure on a quarterback. I mean, you got Uchenna Nwosu. You also do have Daryl Taylor. Both of those two guys had nine and a half sacks each. Then you think about a guy such as Boye Mafe, who probably is going to be more of a rotational piece when it comes to this pass rush. There are so many talented players on this Seahawks defense, not just as their starters, but as their backups as well. And as I mentioned, if one guy goes down, they're going to have somebody who's going to be able to fill in and perform at a really high level linebacker you bring back B. Wags, who never should have left in the first place it was a little bit disrespectful that they allowed bobby wagner to sign with their divisional foes the la rams i'm glad they brought bobby wagner back man it was really disrespectful how they did bobby wagner i get it maybe they thought last year was going to be a rebuilding year and they probably wanted bobby wagner to go and win elsewhere at the later stage of his career but this is the best shot that Seattle has had at winning a Super Bowl in the last couple of years and I think that this team isn't being talked about enough when it comes to this championship picture man I mean the Vegas odds have them behind the Eagles which is understandable the 49ers the Cowboys and the Lions I mean you probably could make the argument and say that The Seattle Seahawks probably have the second best chance to win an NFC right behind Philadelphia. The 49ers... Their quarterback play was pretty good last year, considering the fact that they were playing musical chairs at that position. But we don't really know how good Brock Purdy's going to be going into year two. There are still a lot of doubters of Brock Purdy. And I'm not a doubter of Brock Purdy. I think he's a pretty good QB. I think he's good enough to get the job done. But I don't think that the 49ers team is as talented as what Seattle's is going into this year. And many 49ers fans get upset with that. They keep talking about what happened last year, and I keep telling you guys that you can't judge teams based on history. You have to judge teams based on what they have right now, and what Seattle has right now is a Premier Super Bowl contender. This is one of the best young teams walking into this season. I think they have the perfect recipe to be able to at least make it to the NFC Championship and compete with the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, they're stacked at every single position. There are not too many teams who not just have quality starters, but also quality backups who can be starters on a handful of other teams. Their backup linebacker is expected to be Devin Bush... He played for my Pittsburgh Steelers for the last couple of years, and although he kind of had a drop off in play after he suffered that big injury after a really fantastic rookie year, this guy is still a serviceable starter at linebacker, and he's most likely going to end up being a backup for Seattle this year. Boye Monfe, he could start on a handful of teams. There are a lot of teams who need quality pass rushers, and Seattle just has plenty of them just sitting on the bench. This Seahawks team, man, you guys better start waking up when it comes to the Seahawks this year because this is definitely a team that if they make it to the postseason, they can make a deep playoff run and they can kind of be a little bit of a Cinderella story even though they shouldn't because this is one of the most complete rosters in the NFC walking into this year, man. There are not too many teams in this conference that are as stacked top to bottom like seattle is and injuries are a big part of the game so it's great that seattle has multiple guys who can fill in and perform at a starting caliber level if one of their main core guys goes down for injury the seattle seahawks man put some more respect on the seahawks going into this year this is definitely a team that could end up contending for a super bowl and this is why i feel the seahawks are door core super bowl contenders i think the miami dolphins Or another team that's a dark horse who will contender. We know that the AFC is way more stacked compared to the NFC Conference. And in the AFC, when you're going against pretty much some of the NFL's top quarterbacks, you're going to need a good defense. And what did the Miami Dolphins do to address their defense? Well, they trade for star cornerback Jalen Ramsey. They pretty much got him for a bag of chips and a flat soda. And then... They hired defensive coordinator Vic Fangio, who replaces Josh Boyer. Now, if you are somebody who doesn't pay attention to staff moves and you bet a lot of money when it comes to the NFL, you need to be paying attention to the addition of Vic Fangio. This guy is a legendary defensive coordinator. He's been coaching on the defense side of football longer than most of you guys watching this have been alive. He's one of the most, if not the most influential defensive coordinator in the NFL. Do you know how many teams are running Vic Vangio's kind of defense, or at least their own iteration of it? I mean, look at Brandon Staley. He's a Vic Vangio disciple. The dude who was the Minnesota Vikings defensive coordinator last year, Ed Donatello, he was running an iteration of this Vic Vangio kind of defense, even though it wasn't good. So you have the grandfather of what is one of the most influential defenses in the modern day NFL right now. And his defenses are really good at limiting big plays. It forces offenses and the opposing quarterbacks to check down, throw short passes. And what makes this defense so hard to have success against is the fact that it's mostly ran out of two deep safeties. Well, at least when you have two deep safeties on the field and... What Vic Vangio does is that out of these two deep looks, he rotates guys around. He doesn't really have to send a lot of pressure to get you off the field. It's a it's a little bit of a conservative defense in the sense, but at the same time, it's still good at being able to keep opposing offenses from scoring a lot of points. When you look at how good Vic Vangio's defenses were when he was the head coach for the Devil Broncos, they were top 10 in points per game allowed. Twice out of the three seasons, he was the head coach of the Denver Broncos. And the only one year when they didn't have a top 10 defense when it came to points per game allowed was due to the fact that their offense was so bad and their defense was on the field more than what they should have been. Not only does he have a really good defense when it comes to not giving up a lot of points, but his defenses are also really good in the red zone. And a lot of teams scored the majority of their touchdowns in the red zone. That's one of the most important things when it comes to evaluating how good a defense is. When offenses get inside the 20, can you keep them from scoring TDs and force them to come away with field goals? And during Vic Vandio's time, when he was the head coach of the Broncos, they were top three in red zone defense every single season he was there and he also had a fantastic red zone defense when he was the defensive coordinator for the chicago bears and when you look at the talent that he's going to be inheriting on this miami dolphins defense this has the potential to be one of the best defenses in the nfl Kristen Wilkins, we know this dude is a dog at that defensive tackle position. This guy kind of plays defensive tackle sort of like he's another linebacker. This dude is probably the most athletic defensive tackle in the NFL. And yes, I do put him up there with Aaron Donald and Chris Jones. He may not be as good as a pass rusher as those guys are, but this dude is fantastic when it comes to his ability to stop the run. Jalen Phillips. This is a 10-sack guy. This is somebody who has the potential to end up being an all-pro this year for the Miami Dolphins. Bradley Chubb, you remember when the Dolphins traded for him during the middle portion of last year, and then we didn't hear anything from him? Bradley Chubb is going to be reunited with his former head coach. And Bradley Chubb said that Vic Fangio was one of the favorite coaches that he ever played under. So Vic Fangio is going to be able to elevate Bradley Chubb and get Bradley Chubb playing at the level that many Dolphins fans expected him to play when this organization first traded for him. Then... We already know about how good this secondary is going to be. We know about Jalen Ramsey, and some of you guys think that Jalen Ramsey is in a state of decline. Jalen Ramsey is not declining. He still played at a top five, top three level at cornerback last season. Now, could you make the argument and say that Jalen Ramsey isn't the best cornerback in the NFL anymore? I mean, you can, but right now, who is better than Jalen Ramsey? I still would put him as the best cornerback in the NFL. I don't know who you guys just think is better than Jalen Ramsey right now, but at least I think we can all agree with saying that Jalen Ramsey is a top three, no worse than top five cornerback in the game right now. He's still in his prime. You got Xavier Howard, who this dude was getting burnt a lot last season. And with Vic Vanjo coming in, his defense should help to bring Xavier Howard back to the performance level that he was having prior to last year then we have Javon Holland who is right now one of the five best safeties in the game at this moment so this is a really talented defense that Vic Vanjo is going to have going into this year and when you look at the AFC East you're going to have to play against Josh Allen Aaron Rodgers It's going to be good that you're going to have a defensive coordinator that runs this kind of defense that's going to be able to limit the big plays that Buffalo is going to have. Because you know, one thing about the Buffalo Bills, they're really good at generating explosive plays, especially in the passing game. And with Vic Vangio, even though he runs a defense that's predicated on two high looks, he's able to rotate those guys around and confuse QBs. Hell, you may end up thinking that he's running a cover three or a cover one defense, and then after the play begins, he ends up ending up switching the rotations of the safeties. The safeties end up rotating in a different way that confuses the quarterbacks. This defense is going to be fantastic under Vic Vanjo. and the problem with a lot of defensive coordinators who have adapted or have had a lot of influence from Vic Vanjo's defense is that They just run the basic defense, a basic quarters coverage. They don't really change anything too much. They either run a basic cover four or a basic cover six, and they really don't add or make any tweaks to it. And that's why the Minnesota Vikings defense last season, when they had D.C. Ed Donatel was getting shredded and carved up because he wasn't really adding any wrinkles to it. So for Vic Fangio, when you have the godfather of this kind of defense, the originator of this defense, he's going to be able to adapt this defense and tweak it when he sees fit. And this is why I think the Dolphins are Dark Horse Super Bowl contenders because we already know how good Miami's offense is going to be. Now, we just got to pray to the football gods that Tua Tagovailoa can stay healthy and that this offensive line is going to be able to keep him up I think they're pretty good when it comes to their tackle spots. Now, I don't know how the interior of their offensive line is going to be, but with the talent that the Dolphins have at receiver and the speed that they have at wideout, you don't really need your offensive line to protect Tua all day. You just need the offensive line to be good enough to give Tua enough time to get the ball out to these wide receivers. We already know about Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill, but you guys don't know about my guy Chosen Anderson. Yeah, Chosen Anderson. JT, who the hell is Chosen Anderson? Robbie Anderson, people. Yes, he changed his name. His name is Chosen Anderson now. And I think him going to the Miami Dolphins was a really good pickup. I mean, they paid Cedric Wilson a lot of money during last offseason, and they didn't even use this dude at all. And there were some rumors going around that they tried to trade him, but who the hell was going to want to trade for Cedric Wilson when you paid him all that money and you didn't even use him? So I think with the addition of Robbie Anderson, it's really going to open things up on this offense. And there's some words or there's some rumors on the street that the Minnesota Vikings just released a really good running back that's from the 305 that may be looking to come back home. Miami, bring Dalvin Cook back home. Bring Dalvin Cook back to South Florida. Let this man get added to your offense and watch him work. Yeah, you do have Raheem Moser and Jeff Wilson, but if you add Dalvin Cook, he's an upgrade from what you already have at running back. And at the time I'm recording this, we haven't had any news about Dalvin Cook signing with the Miami Dolphins, but I do expect them to end up signing with the Dolphins. And if he doesn't, I would be fairly surprised. So this offense is going to be incredibly stacked. The Miami Dolphins, man, when you talk about a team that has the potential to be a dark horse Super Bowl contender, this is it. And the reason why I don't view them as my main Super Bowl contender like I do the Bengals, the Chiefs, the Ravens, and the Jets is because there's a lot of things riding on Tua Takvaloa's health. If Tua can stay healthy the Dolphins should be able to make a deep playoff run but if Tua isn't able to stay healthy then there's a large chance even with the addition of Mike White that this team doesn't really go all that far and if Tua isn't able to stay healthy throughout the regular season there's a strong possibility that the Miami Dolphins may not even make it to the postseason that's why I look at this team as a dark horse Bowl contender you see my definition of a dark horse contender is a team that has the upside to win the Super Bowl but there are Two, maybe three things that they need to go their way that kind of keeps me from viewing them as a legitimate Super Bowl contender. And one of those things is Tua's health. Can he stay healthy? Second, will the offensive line be able to hold up? And third, Mike McDaniel. There's times when this offense got shut down. And there were some times last year, especially when the Dolphins went on that losing streak during the later half of last year where he was getting out-coached. And he failed to make adjustments after halftime. So those are my three reasons why I kind of view the Miami Dolphins as a dark horse Super Bowl contender and not a legitimate Super Bowl contender. Because they have a couple of things that I'm kind of a little bit concerned about going into this year. But they do have the upside and they do have the ceiling to end up winning the Super Bowl. And they possibly could end up winning the AFC East. But the addition of Vic Vangio is gonna be really huge for this defense. And if you are somebody who bets on over under win totals or you bet on a lot of NFL games, you need to pay attention to the Miami Dolphins hiring Vic Vangio as their defensive coordinator. Their defensive coordinator, excuse me. There are not a lot of people in the national media who are talking about this. And it's a little bit surprising. You think of Vic Vangio... If there was a Hall of Fame for coordinators, he would be in it. This is one of the best defensive coordinators, not just in the NFL right now, but over the past decade. He's the highest paid DC in the league for a reason. So I think that the Miami Dolphins, with the addition of Vic Fangio and with the addition of Jalen Ramsey, plus with how good they already are on the offense— They are dark horse Super Bowl contenders, and as long as Tua Tagovailoa can stay healthy, this offensive line can keep them upright, and Mike McDaniels can end up doing a better job making adjustments when this offense ends up coming out flat, I think the Miami Dolphins can end up winning the Super Bowl this year, and that's why I view them as a dark horse Super Bowl contender. The New England Patriots, man, like, A lot of people expect this team to finish in last place in the NFC East. And it's understandable. They don't really have the playmakers at wide receiver that teams like the Buffalo Bills, the Jets, and the Dolphins do. Their offensive line is a little bit of concern. Not too many people are high on Mac Jones. But you guys shouldn't sleep on New England, man. First of all, because they have Bill Belichick as their head coach. And as long as you have Bill Belichick as your head coach, you're going to be good enough to win at least seven to eight games. Now, yeah, we got to Hold Bill Belichick a little bit accountable for how he mismanaged the offensive coordinator situation last year. There was no reason why Matt Patricia had any business calling plays for the Patriots. OC, for the Patriots offense last year, and it was god awful. And you definitely could see it in the end result with the product that they put on the field on offense. This offense struggled pretty much all season, and it was a miracle that they even came close to having a shot at making it to the postseason at the end of the year, given how bad this offense played. And the reason why they still had a shot was because of how fantastic their defense was. in this season, this could be... One of the best defenses that Bill Belichick has put on the field in a very long time. They have one of the best defensive lines in the NFL. Their secondary is going to be absolutely fantastic. You already have Jack Jones, who was one of the better rookie cornerbacks in the league last season before he ended up missing time due to injury, and he had some off-the-field issues that kind of held him back. You got safeties, Kyle Duggar, Jabril Adams, Adrian Phillips. And that cornerback now, you draft Christian Gonzalez in the first round, who was a major. Still, the fact that you were able to get him at the place in the draft that you were, not too many people were expecting him to fall that far. There were a good amount of people who thought that he was probably going to be a top ten, top twelve pick. So for the Patriots, man, this is going to be one of the better defenses that Bill Belichick has ever had. And the reason why I'm so excited about Bill Belichick's defense going into 2023 is because you got a lot of speed and athleticism, and You remember when in Mac Jones' rookie season, the New England Patriots got blown out and embarrassed on national television in a wild card round against the Buffalo Bills? I mean, they just could not hang around with the Bills. They just had way too much speed and way too much talent. But going into this year, you have the cornerbacks and you have the secondary that can match up well against Buffalo's offense, that can slow down Miami's offense, that can slow down the New York Jets' offense with Aaron Rodgers. You have a lot of athleticism. You're going to have Jabril, Jabril Peppers, who's going to be playing somewhat of a hybrid linebacker role. This is a fantastic defense with fantastic defensive line and a really good secondary. All you really need is for the offense to be average to slightly above average. And I think you most definitely could see the New England Patriots in a playoff conversation. And as I said earlier, I don't think with the Patriots having Bill Belichick as their head coach, they're going to be bad enough to win anything less than seven games. I mean, they were still finding ways to win when they had Cam Newton at QB. Don't sleep on the New England Patriots, man. Like, yeah, I know it's easy to ride off New England. And when you think about how Bill Belichick went about the offensive coordinator position, position last year, it definitely kind of turns you off a little bit. Maybe you don't have as much faith in Bill Belichick going into this season as you have had in the past. But one thing about Bill Belichick that I get him a lot of props for is that at least he didn't stick with Matt Patricia. At least he wasn't stubborn about this thing. At least he went out and improved the offensive coordinator position by bringing in Bill O'Brien. And I already made a long 20-something minute rant about why people need to put a little bit more respect on the Patriots hiring of Bill O'Brien as an OC. I'm not going to spend too much time talking about it, but Bill O'Brien is a way better offensive coordinator than Matt Patricia, it's not even close. It's like chess versus checkers when it comes to comparing Matt Patricia to Bill O'Brien. It's like comparing apples to oranges or whatever analogy you wanna use Bill O'Brien is one of the more experienced offensive minds that we have in the NFL. And although his time as the head coach for the Houston Texans didn't go all that well, you got to remember that this man still found the way to win a playoff game with Brock Osweiler. It didn't matter if he had a role in signing him or not. Brock Osweiler was god-awful. And he still found the way to win a playoff game with him, albeit it was the Oakland Raiders at the time that he did it against. And he wasn't a crappy head coach during his time with the Houston Texans like the Houston Texans were a really solid team under Bill O'Brien things went awry when he became the general manager and then that's when things started going left when he ended up trading away key key pieces to that offense but all they're asking this man to do is call plays and his system fits perfectly with Mac Jones one thing that Bill o'brien looks for in his quarterbacks or guys who can accurately throw the football which is what mac jones can do and also guys who make good decisions with this which is something that bill o'brien works extensively with his quarterbacks on you're going to have rehandre stevenson that running back he had a breakout season last year bill o'brien is going to lead is going to lean heavily on him you may not have a lot of talent at wide receiver but I think that the Patriots are going to be able to compensate for that if they're not able to bring in some additional help at that position by utilizing their tight ends more and Hunter Henry and Mike Koseki, which those guys weren't really featured all that much in this offense. And remember, for those of you guys who remember when the New England Patriots went to the Super Bowl in 2011 and lost to the New York Giants, they were running two tight end sets with Aaron Hernandez and Brock Gintowski. And for Bill O'Brien, he can have similar success with the two tight ends that he has going into this year and Henry and Gusecki. Gusecki is one of the more athletically gifted tight ends that we have in the NFL right now. It was a little bit surprising that they signed him and he wasn't really featured all that much. So the fact that you have Mike Gusecki, who was underutilized during his time in Miami, I think that Bill O'Brien is going to be able to make good use of him in this offense. And although they don't have a lot of dynamic receivers, this tight end position is good enough to compensate for that. And even that receiver, I mean, you do have Juju Smith-Schuster, who is one of the better slot receivers in the game. People forget that he led the Kansas City Chiefs in receiving yards, I believe, in this past year's Super Bowl. He had a really big role in the Kansas City Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. And before he went down with injuries last year, he was well on his way to having at least a 1,000 yards receiving. You can do way worse than Julius Smith-Schuster in the slot. And I think in some ways he's an upgrade from Jacoby Myers because he's better when it comes to run blocking in the run game. And on the outside, yeah, you may not be super thrilled about Kendrick Bourne and Devontae Parker, but maybe if you end up signing another wide receiver like a DeAndre Hopkins maybe, this receiving core looks a lot better. But don't sleep on the New England Patriots. This defense is going to be good enough to slow down the offenses and the AFC East. All you really need is for this offense to be somewhat serviceable. And the New England Patriots could most definitely find themselves in the playoff conversation or at least competing for a spot in the playoffs in a really stacked AFC come the end of this season. Don't count out the Sith Master, that is, Bill Belichick. One thing about this dude is that this dude is able to get the most out of his football team. I don't know how the hell he does it, but normally the New England Patriots are normally well-coached, they're well-disciplined, they don't really beat themselves. Last year, what we saw out of the New England Patriots was uncharacteristic. I know we all remember what the New England Patriots did when they lost to the Las Vegas Raiders, We remember how the end of that game went. That was a disaster. That is something that you really don't see all that often out of this football team. This football team normally is really good in those kinds of situations. They normally don't beat themselves. They're normally well-disciplined. So I expect the New England Patriots to get back to that kind of football this year. And they're going to need to with them not being the most talented team in this division. They're going to have to be able to win games strictly based on coaching, being able to out-scheme people, being able to be more disciplined, not beating themselves. That's New England Patriots football. That's the Patriots way. So don't sleep on the New England Patriots this upcoming season in 2023. This is it for this episode of the JT Sports Podcast. If you enjoy, make sure that you leave us with a five-star review. We would greatly appreciate it. Remember that you can listen to the JT Sports Podcast, available on all podcasting platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, wherever you get your podcast from. You can find the JT Sports Podcast. Once again, rate us with a five-star review. All you got to do is go to whichever podcasting platform that you use type in the JT sports podcast and it will pop up or you can go down to the description scroll down a little bit and find the links to the Apple and Spotify podcast leave us a five-star review that way make sure you guys like subscribe to the channel we go live every day Monday through Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern time and I appreciate you guys for tuning in into this episode of